notes. Anybody taking notes? One time, anybody taking notes? Let's go. Uh, can y'all make some noise for our amazing worship team, our band? They're just awesome. Carlos on the keys. We got Mel. Uh, you know, she's a killer on the bass. And we got Ash Molly, a.k.a. Cash Molly. You might catch him playing drums. You might catch him singing. We never know what's going to happen. It's a man of many talents. All right? Um, and, man, we have so many leaders that serve on a Tuesday night. Uh, hospitality, creative, platform, media, production. Let's just, give, let's just give a round of applause for all the people that serve us, right? Thank y'all. You can do better than that. Come on, they show up early. They leave late. Yeah. Here every week. And, um, hey, I'm, I'm going to preach. I'm, I'm going to preach probably. Can you give me a 25-minute clock? We're going to be out of here uh, a little earlier than usual. But I do want the band to come up at the end. Um, tonight's not a regular night. Look at your neighbor. It ain't a regular degular. Tell them. It's a, it, it, ain't, it ain't a regular degular. By the way, if you're sitting next to someone cute, you're welcome. All right. Welcome to church. All right. A lot of couples have formed here. We are responsible for a lot of marriages. Hello, you're welcome. We were, we're responsible, right? We're, you're caught as red-handed, all right? Come to church, uh, meet the Lord, and meet your spouse. You never know what's going on. Um, I'm excited you guys are here tonight. We're starting a new sermon series, right? So uh, that's like starting a new series in Netflix, right? I mean, episode one, like pilot, right? It's like, let's go. Um, and as weeks go by, you know, don't, you know, don't talk about how, how like, worse and worse it gets. Don't, don't let me know that, okay? Don't, tell, don't ever tell me that. Make me feel good, okay? So I can keep doing this for a long time. Just kidding. New series tonight, and, and, and really I'm excited to preach this, and I, I'm going to stop kind of making our way into it. I kind of want to get into it. Because when we talk to young adults all the time, we've been doing young adult ministry for around four and a half years. Who loves YA? Oh, my gosh, I love it. I'm having the funnest time of my life serving you. Um, when I talk to young adults, it's always, you know, oh, man, I love, I love, like, you know, I'll pull a, a dude to the side and, oh, I love, I love worship. Oh, I love showing up to services and, not for a minute. You know, it's just like, I could worship, bro. And then it's like, prayer, I, you know, I, I'm on my way. I'm on my way to prayer, right? You know, I, I'll play worship music on my way to my way home from church, my way to church. I play worship music on my way to work. And, and yeah, I'll pray while I'm doing that. Uh, we, you know, a lot of people tell, oh, I like to pray in the shower. Any shower prayer warriors in the house? I mean, the water's hitting you like, let it rain right now, Jesus. I love you. We got a lot of people who pray in the shower. But when it comes to the Bible, they go, oh, the Bible, ooh. Ooh. I got the app or whatever. They, they give me a verse a day. I'll glance at it. You know, just talking to young adults, the Bible is not, not really something that they, they kind of like have like a, a strong suit in. So what we're trying to do, this series is called Let's Read. And we're going to read a whole book of the Bible. And now let me encourage you. It's the smallest book in the New Testament. So you're going to read a book by the end of this series. Can you make some noise for the Lord Jesus Christ? Come on, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. You got to tweet it. I just read a whole book of the Bible. On your way home tonight at your house, you could probably read this whole book in like 30 minutes, all right? Probably even less, all right? But what we're going to do today is we're going to do a magnifying glass read together on Scripture, and we're going to dive deep to understand what's going on. We're going to pull some ideas. Tonight, I'm speaking on six verses. Next week, I'm speaking on like five verses. We're going to stay in 1 Peter chapter 1, and it's going to be an awesome time. The goal is 
that we kind of learn how, how, how do we read the Bible together? How do we kind of pull away from Scripture to see how is how's this blessing speaking to me today? And what hope this pulls out the series is that, man, the Bible's for me. The Bible's legit. And this is something that I can commit my life to. Same way I eat food. Man, I need to eat the Word of God. Here's the thing. Christian, you know how hard it is to, to know who God is without looking at His words? Think about this for a quick second. It's not in my notes, but I just want to give this analogy. When you, when you get interested in someone, right? Oh, she kind of cute. Oh, he looking all right or whatever. Right? What do you do? Do you just, do you just date? No, you, you have conversations. And then even when you start dating, what are you doing on dates? You know, like movies are like the weirdest dates because you barely talk. But like the best dates are like, you know, hey, let's, let's go to a coffee shop. That Christian, uh, Christian here, if you're, if you're invited to a coffee shop, it's a date, all right? Just get ready for it, all right? Hey, it's good call, let's grab coffee, you know? Talk about Ruth or something. Let's talk about Esther. Um, he's, try, he, he, he's trying to get to know you a little bit better. It, isn't that funny, right? Like, when we get to know one another to eventually date, it's all about communication. That's all about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Am I understanding it? Am I interpreting it correctly? It's not only text message, it's FaceTimes, it's calls. It's, you know, you're, you're, you ever been in that weird relationship where it's like, like, look, I'm about to go to sleep. It's like, no, don't hang up. I just want to hear you breathe. <laughs> if, you, if a guy ever tells you that, hang up, call 911 and run, all right? Run! <laughs> I can't even hate. That was me once, right? You're like, so in love, I just want to hear you breathe, you know? Um, but that's, it, it's so funny. When you get to know someone you pay attention to their words. If you're in here and you're trying to get closer to God, listen, get into his word, y'all. Get into his word, y'all. Get into his, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just in a season where I'm just trying to get closer to the Lord. Is your Bible open? You know what I mean? Or is it only like your worship playlist? Is it only, you know, you just showing up to Tuesdays? Like get into his word. Y'all here tonight? And I love Maverick City. That's not a bash. I love them. They're the best. So we're going to be diving into the word tonight. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start from verse 3, verses 1 to 2. It's a little bit of an introduction. On your Bible app, you can switch back and forth through translations. Um, I love ESV. I love NIT. I love NIV. Uh, but man, the OG is the MSG. Y'all here tonight? What's up? Bam. You know what I'm talking about? Just, just, just take notes, all right? Anybody taking notes tonight? Four people. Okay. Uh, I'd encourage everyone to take notes. Um, it's going to help you. Um, I, I want to pull away before we get into First Peter and talk about the context and get into the Word. I want—I I was looking at some some theologians, their take on First Peter. I hope it blesses you tonight. Uh, Charles Swindle says, uh, First Peter, the book of First Peter, focuses on the importance of believers bearing up under unjust suffering, yet continuing to live well. It's Charles Swindle. He, he studied all of First Peter, and this is kind of his cliff note, if you will, on the book of 1 Peter. He says, 1 Peter focuses on the importance of believers bearing up under suffering and continuing to live well. What is he trying to say? After I've read 1 Peter and I've done my theolo theological kind of like take on it is that what Peter's trying to do is talk to a persecuted church and let them know that your persecution and your suffering is not an excuse to fall away. This is an opportunity for you to live well. Uh, Vernon McGee says, Peter 
First Peter deals with doctrine and handles weighty subjects. So if you're here tonight and you're like, it's hard to read the Bible because I just get sometimes the fluffy parts and, and this is the son of this person, this person is the son of this person, this is the mom of this, and it just turns into like a bochincha chapter. You know what's going on. I feel like in the heights or whatever. Um, you you want to read First Peter because this is, it breaks down what Vernon McGee says. It breaks down doctrine and heavy subjects. So this is like the meat. You know what I mean? Like the best part of the steak, right? It's the meat. Like give it to me now, right? Medium rare because I'm a G, all right? I'm sorry. Two of us like medium rares. Thank you. You guys well done, people. You guys hockey puck people. I'm sorry. You like hockey pucks for barbecues. I'm so sorry. Um, Bruce Wilkerson says persecution can either cause you. Oh, this is so good. Persecution, which is what Peter's kind of talking about in this chapter, can either cause you to grow or to grumble in the Christian life. It all depends on your response. In writing to believers, Peter is, is, is helping the believers that are struggling in the midst of persecution, and he's reminding them of their roots. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. I love giving a little bit of backdrop, what's kind of going on. Uh, do you guys have the Bible on you? Anybody got paper Bibles? Let's go. A couple paper Bibles, all right? If the demon breaks out, we're going to them. Just kidding, just kidding. All right, here we go. That joke just gets old and old. I'm so sorry. Um, thank you so much, Ian. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You got to love the, the, just like the, 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 narr the narrative going on right now. This is Peter, an apostle. Uh, here's, here, here's the thing about, you can cut the pad. Here's the thing about Peter. Uh, Peter's name is Simon. Somebody say Simon. Simon. Uh, I mean, you know, this is the dude that denies Jesus three times. Y'all seen the Passion of the Christ? He just, he's, he's, he denies Jesus three times, you know? So if you deny Jesus, that does not disqualify you from being used by God to even writing parts of the Bible, all right? Letting you know that right now. The reason he gets the name Peter, Jesus nicknamed him Peter. Peter means solid rock. But, but when, when Jesus meets Peter, he's Simon, and Simon's more like slithery sand, so God meets Simon, Jesus meets Simon. He says, hey, I got a new nickname for you. Your name is Peter Solid Rock. Later in the scripture, he tells Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. He's talking to Peter. So, 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 so Peter is put into ministry by Jesus himself. That's why he has the capital A apostle as a position title. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Shout out to new birth. Anybody love new birth? All right. That was so stupid. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's go. Verse 4. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Pause right there. When you say yes to Jesus, this gospel, this salvation that you receive, it is inherited. All right. It is given to you. Uh, let's keep reading. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, uh, who through faith, so I say faith, who through faith are shielded by God's power into the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, 
may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexplicable glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody else? You just feel a little bit of Holy Spirit fire going on right here? And I want to talk a little bit because Peter's writing to a church to believers that are being persecuted. Now, now we don't know persecution, right? They, they weren't like American soldiers at John Young making sure nobody came in a new birth with rifles and, and held you at gunpoint. Where are you going? You going to that church? No, I'm going to Tuffy's. I'm going to the animal hospital. Leave me alone. You know, in China, they're, they're you know, like in America, there's like this weird title called... Um, but in China, it's illegal to be a Christian. So, you know, it's the main goal for pastors out there. How, how secret can I be as a pastor? Isn't that awesome? How unknown can I be and still be effective? And, and, and I love that, right? Because that, that kind of gives us a reality of what's going on here. That Peter is not writing to people that, that it's, it's like okay to be a Christian, right? In, in America, at all the award shows, what, what do they say, right? You see them smoking, you see them drinking, you see them at strip clubs, but when they get the trophy, they go, I want to thank God. <laughs> I want to thank the creator. <laughs> and we go, oh, wow, they're Christian. Oh, wow, look, he said God, you know, and... Even people in court, right? What, what do they put your hand on? The Bible, right? Like, we live in a society where being Christian is really kind of, it's okay, it's cool. You know, these days Kanye's saved and, and JB is saved, you know, and that's awesome. And I'm not coming against those guys. They make the best music right now. Shout out, yay, any yay fans? That's like 15 of us, let's go. Um, this persecution, we don't know what it is, but here's the truth. We're experiencing a different type of persecution. It's a, it's, a, it's a special type. So this is how we read the Bible. We don't go, oh, persecute the church. That's not us. I'm going to close it. No, we say, God, how are you speaking through this to minister me in my life? Right. He's writing to believers struggling in the midst of persecution. And I love that. He reminds them of their roots. In the middle of persecution, trials, he says, I want to talk about your faith in Jesus. Can this be my sermon today about your faith in Jesus? Here's my first idea today. Your faith is the focus. Your faith is the focus. When we go through trials of many kinds, when we go through problems, persecution, right? We, some of us, even in our own homes, it's not okay to be Christian. I get it. So there's, there's like shades of persecution across the room. I understand that, and we're being sensitive to that. But understand that the, the main focus of the pain, of the trial, of the friction, of the tough conversation isn't the situation in and it of itself. It's your faith. And, and, and what Peter's doing, he's saying, this is defining your faith. Peter is looking at the persecution. He's looking at the death. Can I speak into your life right now? You guys still here tonight? I know you got a mask on, but you can still shout me down tonight. You can still yell, yell amen and all that, all right? Uh, Peter's looking, and, and he sees the persecution. He sees the death. Watch this. He sees the tension, the trials, the problems. Can we prophetically speak into this? He sees the pandemics. He sees the division. 
And he attributes all of this to one word. He calls it fire. My next idea, write it down. Peter connects persecution to fire. Somebody say fire. Somebody say fuego. We're in Spanish church tonight. Somebody say fuego. Lord, help me. So Peter is looking at persecution, and he says, you are going through the fire. Can we read that verse again? Verse 7. These have come. What's come? The, the, the suffering, the persecution. They've come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, there goes the root, right? You got faith in Jesus. Don't let your problem outdo your faith. Don't let the tension outdo your faith. Don't let the fire shake your faith. And I love how he brings up gold. Anybody else love that he brings up gold? My next idea is this. The fire reveals legitimacy. Pastor, I'm saved, saved. I'm, I'm, I'm like holy, holy. And, and, then, and then here's my question. Will you let the fire reveal how legit your faith is? Or are we believers that we, we shy away from the fire? Uh, I, I, I could probably call this pandemic a fire. Can we call it a fire? You know, here's what's awesome about what's going on here tonight is that, like, majority of the people in the room weren't at this church a year and a half ago. There were a whole new batch of people. Where are they? I don't know. It's taken me six months to try to get insanity. Questioning God, questioning the ministry. God, we were at 300 young adults before a pandemic. A couple months in their houses and they walk away from the faith. Are you kidding me? Am I called to this? And I heard the Spirit say, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was just fire. It's just fire. And what did fire, fire revealed the legitimacy. I'm not into big churches anymore. No, nope, not me. I'm into those that are raising their hands saying, Pastor, I'll walk through the fire. I'll go through the desert. I'll go through another pandemic. I'll tune in online. I'll show up and serve. I'll go to next steps. I'll pull up, show up. I'll tithe. I'll give. I'll serve. I'll go through the fire. Because that's what really shows your legitimacy. Here's what, I, here's what I believe, that people got fire and they thought that God wasn't real. Can I teach you something? Next idea, God allows fire. God allows the fire. He allows the persecution, the suffering, the trials, the temptation. He allows it. Doesn't necessarily cause it. He allows it. Why? Because, because how would you know you have faith if you never went through some type of trial? How would... You know, the thing's like, how would they know? I mean, how would they know? But like, how, how would they know? They, they're not going to know, how, but how would they know? How would they know if you had legit faith, if the faith never went through fire? I love the burning bush example. Moses, we preached this a couple weeks ago. Moses, he's out in the desert, and he sees a burning bush. The bush is burned. It is not consumed. And it catches his eye. I wonder if what's going to lead the next revival in America, in Kissimmee, is going to be a bunch of people lit on fire but not consumed by the fire. Still standing, still serving, still showing up, still worshiping. I thought I got a better amen for that. God is doing something in this room tonight. It's convicting. 
So you can write this in your notes. What does fire look like to me? What's fire? The tension, the pressure. Here's what's sad. There are people that love Jesus, but when they see church, they see fire. It's so sad. Jesus is coming back for his bride. Who's the bride? The church. You know, groom and a bride are inseparable. The Bible says when you get married, you're two become one. To divide God and his church is like trying to divide me and my wife. We're one right now. I put a ring on it, all right? So back up. We become one flesh. This is the example of the bride and the groom. Jesus comes back for his church. And the problem is with America, they want Jesus. They don't want no church. Because what comes with church is fire. I'm not talking about Holy Spirit fire. I'm talking about the fire that we're actually in your life. And we get to call some things out. I'm talking about the part of the church, joining a hope group, joining a serve team. And now people are looking at you like, dude, I don't think that's the best place to be on a Friday night. In a club drinking. That's probably not the best. It's probably not going to help you in your walk with Christ. But no, 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 no. We want grace, but we don't want truth. We, we, we want Jesus. We don't want the church. And the saddest part I see in Christians in 2021 is that they see Jesus as a beautiful love, but they see the church as a flame emoji. Next idea is this. Our generation wants the shiny gold, but we don't want the fire. I love how Peter talks about gold. Can, can I show you a picture of gold, all right? Some of y'all, ding. Can I show you a picture of gold? All right, look at this beautiful gold. Wow. Hey, to let you know, we got a brick of gold for everybody on your way out. We got one for every single person, all right? Just kidding. That's probably in like 3031, right? If Jesus hasn't come back yet, like when we're balling, balling. And we'll just say, hey, bless someone with this block of gold. Can I show you another gold? This is probably why generation kind of likes. Can I show you another type of, oh, woo! Ice, ice, baby. You know what I'm saying? This gold right here. Woo! Some ice. Woo! Ice. Gold. This is what gold looks like after the fire. Can I show you a picture of gold before the fire? Can we throw it up? Ain't nobody, some of y'all don't even know that's gold. Y'all like, what is that metamorphic, what type of rock is that? I thought I remember some of the rocks. You remember some of those rocks? Some, some type of metamorphosis rock or something like that, I don't know. Some type of rock I studied in science class in like third grade. I don't even remember none of these rock names. That's gold before the fire. Can we go back to the chains? But this is what we want. We want, we want the calling. Oh God, if you just gave me a calling, I'd go crazy for that shiny calling. Oh God, would you just give me a golden microphone? Just drop it. Would you give me influence? Would you give me that purpose? Oh God, if you just give me the ability to start that job, woo, I want the gold. Oh God, if you would just give me wisdom, oh, give me, give me gold. Oh God, if you just give me longevity in the church, oh, give me gold. Listen, friends, none of that comes without fire. This is what the Christian life looks like when you come to Jesus. Go back to the rock. It's it. You don't put that on a chain, right? Like, yo, don't worry, it's, it's going to look crazy after the fire. Just wait. <laughs> we don't rock that. 
We don't rock that. See, here's the thing. Our generations, they want the shiny gold, but we don't want the fire. We want the, the nice shiny, but this is, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. My next idea is this. Your response to fire admits your perspective on maturity. Your response to fire will literally confess how you see maturity. How you respond to fire. It's insane, literally. And I could beat myself up and our leaders, we could go in a corner and cry. We used to be 500 plus before the pandemic. Where'd they go? No, no, no. We love them. We reach out and, and you guys are here and we love everyone and we're going to keep doing the work. And, but there's still people out there that are dying and killing themselves and killing each other and addicted and in drugs. There's still people being sex trafficked in Kissimmee. Did you know that? We're like the biggest in America. There's a bunch of homeless. There's a bunch of young adults in your life that don't know Jesus. So we're going to keep doing the work. We're not discouraged. But man, if the next time you experience fire, you kind of saw this rock and you said, you know what? I'm going to allow the fire. Come on, bring on the fire. Because what you're going to do is mold me and shape me. Bring it on. How you see fire confesses and admits your perspective on maturity. We say this all the time in church. I want to grow. Do you want to grow? Because the growing is going to come with fire. It's going to come with fire. It's going to come with fire. Jesus, help me, Lord. Next idea, holiness is to be set apart. That's what, that's what the fire is. You know what the fire is doing? The fire is making you holy. Holiness isn't preached anymore, but we're preaching about holiness tonight, baby boy. Holiness is allowing yourself to go through the fire. It's allowing yourself to say, God, Mold me. And don't just mold me like I was watching a TV show and the girl, she confessed to her friend something and I took that as a sign. Like, I probably should confess to my friend. Like, yeah, I need that. No, I need, like, people in my life that can call me and be like, where are you at right now? You need to get out of that. You need to back up. You need to quit that right now. Get off those websites. Get out of that relationship. Get out of that corner. Get out of that hell. Get out of that mess. I need people in my life. I need a hope group. I need a serve team. I need people in this room to be involved in my life to say, you know what, bro? I love you, and I love you enough to let you know where you're headed. I would not be a right leader. And listen, I'm accountable to God for what I say and what I don't say as a pastor. And I hold that with fear and trembling. But I'd be an irresponsible leader to lead you in life as you're walking off a cliff and not tell you there's a cliff behind that job offer. I'm letting you know if you don't pray about it and God doesn't confirm it, I'm telling you good things and good ideas can literally derail your life. Oh, pastor, I don't know. They're going to judge me in church because my sin came out. Listen, your sin coming out is an opportunity for you to go through the fire and allow God to do something in your life. Oh, pastor, I don't know. I messed up. Go through the process. Go through the fire. Go, oh, man, it sucks. Oh, to my leaders, it sucks to be sat down. Oh, man. Like, if you're a volunteer in here and you decided to lead people and serve and you, 
you, you slip up, you mess up. It's not that, hey, yeah, just go ahead and do worship again next weekend. Oh, man, grace, no, there's a process. And there's like, there's like things that come after that. And I've been through that. And that's not always the best place. But I'm letting you know I'm better for it. I'm way more refined. Why? Because I'm not just leading a service. I'm leading souls. I'm leading souls. I heard this to me the other day. Crazy conversation. This wasn't even in my notes. Crazy conversation. She was like, man, the justice system filled so many people. There was a man, the evidence didn't add up, nothing added up, and, and out of nowhere, a random guy on the street got given life in prison. It just didn't add up. It was a system failure. System failure. Someone in the, in, in, in the evidence room just messed up a file, wrong, wrong, wrong book, wrong day. It was a bad luck for this guy. The man does 40 years in prison. They look at the papers. They look at the evidence. People are rooting for him. After 40 years, he's released. And the, the, the judicial system, the justice system, they go, my bad. It was our, our fault. And I remember she tells me, oh, my goodness. You playing with somebody's life right there. For people that are in the system, people that are supposed to help bring justice. You just threw away somebody's life. And I told her. Imagine church, we're working with eternity. Let that sink in, because I said it and I can't believe it came out of my mouth. I was like, ouch. Because so many people, they, they run from the fire. They don't see holiness. You see, my next idea is this. God's grace is a byproduct of his holiness. Can I take two minutes to teach this real quick? Because we want grace, but we don't want the holiness part. We want grace, but we don't want to be set apart. We want the grace of God so that we won't be convicted in a club, rubbing up on some stranger. We want the grace of God so that we won't be convicted indulging in alcohol. We want the grace of God so that we won't be convicted. And listen, friends, the grace of God is a byproduct of his holiness. He's so holy, and he looks at you and says, ooh, you'll never be like me until I send my one and only son to die for all of your sins and to literally live the life you can't live. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was blameless. Jesus never sinned, but he died like a guilty man because you and I are guilty. So he took our spot. You see, grace was just, it's just some good message. No, no, no. You need grace because you are a sinner. Can I talk about me? I need grace because I'm a sinner. We need grace because we're sinners. Grace isn't just some card that came out. No, that was a blood buy. There was a price to pay. Because God is just so holy. And, and can, I, can I define holiness for you tonight? It's set apart. To be holy is to be set apart. Pastor, I don't know if I can keep going to church. I still, I still want to do what I want to do. Are you willing to be holy? I'm talking a little bit into next week because... This is what Peter's trying to do. Peter's like, hey, your fire is not an excuse to back up out of God. Your fire is not an excuse to just go back to your old ways. Your, the fire you experience is not an excuse for you to give up on your purpose. The fire you're experiencing is not an excuse for you to go back to your old addiction, to go, go back to who you used to be. God saved you. He gave you his mercy. He gave you his grace. And now you have an opportunity to say, bring on the fire, baby, because this isn't going to destroy me. This is going to define me. This isn't going to be the end of me. This is going to be the level up for me. I love the 4th of July. All over my black, though, barbecuing. I love 
grilling. Anybody love grilling? One person, cool. Here's what I love about grills. Is that, worship team, come on, we about to turn up. Here's, here's what I love about grills. You just smell the smoke and you know what's coming, right? You just like, oh, oh, oh. I smell the Italian sausage all up on that thing right now. I can smell the steak. I can smell the burgers. Uh, back to steaks. So where are my well-done people? I'm praying for you. Well-done steaks. Okay. Medium. Medium well. Medium well. Medium well. All right. Medium. Medium. Wow. Okay. Medium rare. My people. My people. Anybody just weird in here? Rare. Anybody weird? <laughs> Hey, you, you got to be careful when you get a rare meter, right? You got to go to the good spots, all right? Be careful with that. I don't know about you, but once you start smelling the steaks, like the aroma, you know what I'm saying? Like the aroma, it's like, ooh, your stomach start bubbling. Oh, you're like, oh my, I cannot wait to dive in. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, my mouth is watering right now just smelling the smoke. And friends, I hope this is our perspective after tonight looking at 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 9. Is that when we think of fire, we get excited. Oh, oh snap. God's about to do something in my life. Oh crazy. Oh snap. Here comes the tension. Come on, bring him my way. God's about to turn me from a rock into a shiny thing. Oh, here comes the fire. Oh, come on, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring the fire. Bring the tension. Bring the persecution. You know, Paul says that, hey, consider it joy, brothers and sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds. How? Oh, because we know that the testing produces endurance and perseverance, that we actually grow in the fire. See, friends, here's why we don't like the fire. I, I hear the Holy Spirit so loud in here. Here's why we don't like the fire. You want to know why? Because the fire eliminates some things that we don't want to let go of yet. That stone turned into a shiny thing. But that shiny thing had to leave some things behind in the fire. And, I, and that's why I really believe people don't like the fire because they still like how they look. They still like what they're attached to. They still, they're still enamored and in love with their, with their position. They don't want to, they're comfortable. They don't want to get sharpened. They don't want to get tightened up. But friends, bring on the fire. God is doing something greater in you. It's better to gain the whole world to lose your soul? No, no, no. I'm giving God everything. God, you have my life. God, you have my heart. God, you have everything inside of me. I want you to stand on your feet tonight all over this room. And I want everyone to just pick up the worship. We're about to really turn up in here. I want you to raise both your hands and say, God, bring on the fire. God, bring on the fire. When I smell the aroma, I will not be confused. When I smell the aroma, I will not be intimidated. When I smell the aroma, I will not be scared. 
I will not wither away. I will not be intimidated, but God, you are using the fire to refine me, to align me, to cut out what doesn't need to be there, to remove what is inside of me, what is around me. God, the fire is not always caused by you, but you allow the fire in my life because you want me to be holy, a holy nation set apart, not a lamp under a table, but a lamp on top of a stand for people to see, for people to come to know the Lord because you decided to be faithful. You decided to go through the fire. The fire is not supposed to tear you down. Listen, it's tearing down what doesn't belong. The fire is not the end of you. The fire is the beginning of your growth. We need the fire. We need the fire. All over this room, with every head bowed, we are closed. The Holy Spirit is here. He's convicted. I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit here, but I feel the love of God also. I feel the grace and the truth. The truth is that he's leading you, but the, but the grace is saying he's loving you. That's what God does. He loves you and he leads you. He loves you and he leads you. He loves you and he leads you. All over this room, every head by every eye closed. If you want Jesus, I'm going to need the house lights up. If you want Jesus, right, we're saved by grace through faith. In other words, the grace is given to us, but the faith activates in our heart that we believe in Jesus. So all over this room, nobody looking around, this is your moment. If you want Jesus, if you're ready to walk this thing out, if you're ready to jump into a life obedient to Christ, once I say amen, we're going to begin to worship. So all over this place, if you want Jesus, I want you to raise your hand as a sign.